0: It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate, it's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate, oh yeah.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news.
0: We love TV, movies, and superheroes. So let's talk it all out.
1: My name is Chris Dillard,
0: and my name is Mike Royer.
1: And this week, we're taking a look at the future of DC's movie and TV output.
0: Has, hasn't that just been like the last eight years? Like it kind of has been. This show,
1: yeah. <laughs> this is this is getting wild because like we've got like the like four of these items. I'm like, these should have been out. These should have been done. I don't know. It, it's it's all a big mess, Mike. And then we're gonna. <laughs> We're just gonna we're just gonna go through the news because that's what we do we, we we cut through all the crap and get you guys what's real news out here including the season two trailer for loki that came out early in the week so yeah um right, right hot off the heels of secret invasion ending loki uh comes out with uh the old the old left hand and gets us that so we'll talk about that trailer and some some cool stuff in that the mandalorian could actually be turned into a movie for season four, mm. Mike.
0: As long as Dave Filoni is involved God. again. Yeah,
1: exactly, and more, and more. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. Uh, last week, if you listened, we were constantly monitoring the temperature of my current room, so uh, AC still not fixed, but strategizing this time around, right, Chris? Yeah. We are um, we are uh, recording a little bit earlier, so I'm a little bit more fresh in my day. So the sun's not quite as hot. We still have some. Some late and cool temperatures in this room, so uh, hopefully this one will, yeah. this will feel a little less manic than it did last week. This room, which may, may not be what you want. Maybe you want the manic.
1: I don't I, know. The, you know, it depends on your manic. Mike, you have two different types of manic, and we'll we'll see which one we tap into today as the show <laughs> progresses on. Uh, on that note, Mike did last weekend. Did get to see the early screening of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mutant mayhem and i gotta watch it uh this weekend oh
0: finally i was gonna ask you but i was afraid yeah. the answer would be no you didn't yeah. go and see it
1: yeah no no i i i got it in before for today's recording because i was like you know i uh, mike's gonna chastise me if i don't watch this mm-hmm. before it comes i would have i because i have not got to see i i I went barbie and oppenheimer to watch this with mike i had a choice <laughs> of three so i went with this and um I, I tell you what, this movie didn't really go the way I expected it to go, and that's a good thing. Like that's like a good thing, right? Like I'm used to mm-hmm. the old Ninja Turtles and all stuff, so it was really fun to get surprised by a story that you know I'm not familiar with in the turtle realm. Uh, overall, it's 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 like a you know it's it's a hero's journey kind of story, but like over it was still fun to to dive in with these characters. Um, it was really fun. My wife didn't know about all the the. the Special voice actors like the the guest mm-hmm. cameos in this, so I gotta really like tell her like, as like you know things are really to him, like, the um she's like why is this this fish singing? I'm like well, let's post Malone, <laughs> uh because Ray Flay is is definitely a highlight for this Mike, uh, I definitely would think he he is a character and you know again um Paul Rudd and everybody else and it was really it was really fun, uh it's a good time I you know I, I agree with you I mean there's not much to, to say about this you know it's. Uh, really emphasizes the teenager part of the Teenage, mm-hmm. the mutant and the Teenage part are really emphasizing this, the ninja part kind of glossed over I feel, uh, but in a fun way, because you didn't tell me this, and I don't think it's a spoiler, but they intersperse live action video in with this anima- anima- animation animation and that really was like a fun little thing for me cuz so i'm like oh like they're in a real world kind of thing like it's it's a it's an animated world but they're still the real world right to them they're watching movies that look like our movies so uh, yeah, i thought it was really they, cool
0: and i also just in general yeah trying to avoid spoilers just cuz i want people to go see this movie yeah. cuz it's so great they they do a good job of just um they'll they'll reference anything and everything like yeah if it's like a paramount um product right that they can easily get the rights to. Yeah, they'll throw like a a costume like SpongeBob in the middle of Times Square or something like that, right? But there's not there's nothing stopping them from like referencing something from like another movie, another franchise, another studio. So like they they really just I, I feel like the this more often than not, like, I feel like I never say this about animation when it comes to movies, but like the screenplay is so good. But also I think the screenplay is elevated by the fact that um And I don't remember if I brought this up on the show last week or if I saw this interview clip after we recorded... But the all of the four boys that do the voice of the turtles all recorded in person in the same mm. room, and you totally get that in the performance. Yeah. And,
1: and there are there are moments in this where it's just four teenage boys just jiving off each other like the whole yeah. time, <laughs> like several times in this, and th- and that's really fun. I'm like, oh, this feels like this is really hitting the teenager part. Obviously, the title's Mutant Mayhem. There's the mutant part later, but like it was really like you know compared to. Uh, again, the original Ninja Turtles the, with the, the motion suits, right? Where a couple of other like teenagers beat up Raphael, like they really kind of lean into like their mutant power, like they're like, oh, we're a little stronger in this one, right? A little more agile. You can do that with the animation, but like you know, I, I, I agree. Like there's references in here, and I and I will tell you, you know, if you look, there are two soundtracks to this, Mike. You sent me one, right? The the actual songs that's, that are in the movie. Yeah, that's-
0: the film score yeah
1: yeah and and then there's the score with Trent Reznor and Ross and like the titles alone on this like you know obviously this this is not I don't think these are spoilers but like one of them's called the Mega Mind grew type shit and you're like what what is this like I know these references, but what does that mean um, or uh what is it um I'm trying. Oh, better than Mark Ruffalo. Like they're, they're, they referenced literally everything in this movie. And I think that's yeah. really fun. Uh, and I, again, I don't feel those are spoilers, but like you're going to want to watch and, and get the context for this. So I, I really think it's a fun time. Now, will, would I say, you know, to me, and this, this might be controversial for me, My like, getting watching this in the cinema, get me anything different than if I would have watched it at home. I'm not sure but I'm, I'm you know I'm still glad I saw it at the end of yeah. the day right so I did
0: have the I had the advantage of seeing it I don't know how packed your theater was but since I went to an advanced screening obviously the the room was full of people that really wanted to see this movie And I think the jokes play really well with a crowd um, Mm -hmm. as well. So that was great. I'm looking at the – I was nervous to check the box office, right, for this movie because I don't want to see bad news. I want to see a sequel. And it looks like it's performing above expectations, which is great. So the studio – uh, is getting more than what they wanted. And also, they're competing in, like, the third week of, like, these mega movies, like Oppenheimer and Barbie. So the fact that they can perform above expectations with that right. competition, I think it's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, I, I think given the choice, if, you know, it's August and you, you have the, the funds ability to see one movie this month, right? My mm-hmm. say, would, I would choose this over Blue Beetle already, and I've not even seen Blue Beetle, right? No. If, if I could, like, if you had one movie to see this week that's going to focus around super powered teenagers or like young adults this is the one i would want to go see at the end of it um but overall you know good time i think you know the voice cast was spot on the kids you may not know them but they they really they nail the turtles everybody else fits into their role really well a lot of humor tongue-in-cheek things um yeah it was just a good time like i I had a good time and I'm, i'm glad i got to see it before um Oh, well, I guess this is still opening weekend. It feels like it's been out for a whole week because you saw it earlier. But it's just <laughs> yeah. opening weekend. So um, absolutely, absolutely huge, huge recommend. And then also, I don't I don't have a notes here, but I should tell Mike, if anybody has any like old video games they want me to play or like can recommend, send them my way because I'm diving into my childhood, like getting regular Nintendo games and playing those on my, my TV this week. We played um my wife's friend who's a teacher. Her husband was over with them, and we played – All uh, is it twelve? No, sixteen tracks in Mario Kart 64 on Friday night. While they were talking about school stuff, we were like, "We don't want to talk about this." What are we gonna do? Mario Kart 64. And let (laughs) me tell you how that glitchy that game is. You know, on like a thirty-year delay, you hit a banana peel, and like five seconds later, you spin out, kind of (laughs) deal. So,
0: I mentioned on the show before, there's a YouTube channel called uh, Summoning Salt where um, he chronicles um, uh, time trials and speed runs for games. And he has a whole video about Mario Kart 64. And, yeah, there's some, like, crazy glitches that you can do to, like, uh, beat the tracks. Not 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 even just, like, the little skips, right, that we learned as, like, kids. Oh, if I turn off this turn at Rainbow Road, I can make it down there. Like, these people are just like, oh, if I hit this right pixel on this rock right here, I'll tumble until
1: the end of the stage and clip through the map. So, yeah, yeah those games are wild. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was fun, so uh, so highly recommend that. Uh, let's jump into the news, Mike. Uh, let's, let's let's get in. We don't have a lot of buildup here. We want to make sure you don't cook in your room while we're recording. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to it. But let's start with Wonder Woman 3, our featured image. Wonder Woman 3, Gal Gadot, Gadot I always mess up her name, uh, has confirmed in an interview that uh, a movie for Wonder Woman 3 is in the works at DC Studios. But with that, Patty Jenkins is not involved in this third movie anymore. Yeah, so- I
0: got to... I got to imagine, you know, we talked about it before and whether or not the the news ended up, I guess news in quotes, right, was real or not. It was the whole thing of what that whole Wikipedia article of like... Uh, of story arcs or something like yeah. that was going back and forth. We never really got the final answer of what was true or what wasn't, but I think if you just kind of like abstract it all out, it seems like there just wasn't a great relationship there between mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins and Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, and who knows, it, maybe that poisoned the well for the second one, which both of me and you did not well, like. So well, this, th- this could be a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if the second one really poisoned the well. It, was, it came out again it's one of the, I think it was the first casualty of COVID, right? Really, I think, where they were like, mm-hmm. we're not putting this in theaters. We're putting it on streaming. I don't even think theaters could have saved it. that movie as as rough as that was. Um, but, you know, it it got to a wider audience and, and bigger discourse. You know, she probably doesn't want to come back. Then we get, you know, a new leadership at DC with a new introduction to DC Studios. Maybe they don't, this doesn't fit into her plans, but, you know, Gal Gadot, she's she's been a she's been a uh, team player, right, if you will. She's she's done she's stepped up. She's the cameo queen of DC movies right now. Uh, so I, I you know nothing against her. I think she's she's a great actress fits the role really well. So the 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 trades are saying that this is likely to be a reboot for the DC universe, but using her as that character. Uh, Man, I'm
0: trying to think. Have we ever? <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe you could kind of consider the new Daredevil show coming out to possibly be a yeah. reboot of the same actor as the same character, right? Yeah. But Marvel's kind of built up this whole like optical lens, right, of a multiverse. I don't think we really have a big view of that in DC, um, yeah. except for I you mean, know
1: that they just did a multiverse movie in The Flash. <laughs> so that they it's not going anywhere hey, at the end of the day. Hey,
0: that's not canon, according to Gunn. Yeah. Everything before a Superman movie is... Blue, bad, that's Blue
1: Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. depending
0: on the box office, yeah. we'll truly determine if that one's canon or not. But it just—it really does just seem like... I, I mean, I know it it sucks if we lost Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, because she played a really wonderful uh, version of it. But like, I'm all for the hard reset right now. Yeah. Right? Unless they want to go, like I said before, the Sony Morbius route, they want the, to make this weird little fractured like DC universe where it's just like kids like mashing toys together and a, and they're a mixture between bad and mediocre movies. Okay, I guess go ahead I, and do. I, that. I don't
1: think they have. The, I don't think they have the the um, the backing for funding to, to make this to, to to butcher you know to make mediocre movies. But I think mm-hmm. he, here's my thing. At the end of the day, if you look at Wonder Woman 1 and 2, right, um, it, it, Wonder Woman 84, they're very isolated from Zack Snyder's universe because they're both in the past, really, at the end of the day, right? Um, so Yeah, that's it, a good point. You it, if you were like, you know, you, we, we want to take you know, elements of this, we don't really have to reference them because it was in the past, they could easily kind of pull forward with that character and not have to worry about too hard. Yes, she was in the Zack Snyder movies, you know, Justice League and Batman v Superman, but you know if they're like well we don't have to reference that it'd be fine but i agreed. if you want to do a reboot go ahead but i don't i don't think as an actress um she is a problem in this role right like this is not a an issue where they've they've held out too long kind of like uh henry cavill or they 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 burnt ben affleck out uh doing batman so you know i think if they wanted to use her i'm not going to be offended at the end of the day uh i mean hell she even made a, a reappearance in the fast franchise at the end of the last one. Right. Uh, popping out of her submarine. So really I can go either way, but, um, if, if she has maybe some, you know, producer credit or something that they, they were like, yeah, we, we can use you. That's, that's fine for me. So um, also
0: too, this is a um, confirmation from, an actor. <laughs> and yes. one thing that we say on this show a lot is like, actors seem to always be like the last one to know anything about their right. career. It that, seems yeah, like.
1: <laughs> nine out of 10 times, if an actor is saying, Oh, I'd love to be that role, they're not going to be that role because mm. that means they're campaigning for it. Or if an actor is like, uh, I, I, I'd be honored to play that role, is more of a soft yes or negotiations are happening. And we'll actually, we've got some points about that later we can talk about later in the episode. Uh, But in the same vein of of Remnants of the Snyderverse, uh, there is also the question of Aquaman and The Last Kingdom coming out later this year, and currently, again, the trades are saying that it is expected to release in December, regardless of the strikes going on. Um, The the idea behind this is that the DC Extended Universe, the pre-James Gunn, Peter Safran, Contracts uh, have to be like Completed or released By the end of this year I think is what it is Or like there's some sort of Monetary uh, Penalty or something In, in there so they, they're like we gotta get this out Or we have to pay out extra On top of the movie that's probably gonna Just do okay at the end of the day um, But you know we are Here you know of course there's Blue Beetle now We didn't have this originally I was really kind of hoping to get a trailer uh, For Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom before Blue Beetle, right? Really synergize one DC. Well, you're going to see Blue Beetle, so you want to get the next DC property. Now, that gives us what, another week uh, of this. We, maybe next week we'll be talking about it if it drops, but I really am kind of disappointed in the promotions for this since the, like, the original stealth suit look yeah. like years ago, I feels like.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they're still in a decision-making status at this point with this film, but yeah, that next trailer is going to tell us a lot about what we're gonna be seeing in that final movie right you know we want to know how much amber heard right are we gonna be seeing are we gonna be seeing a rumored like recast you know are they gonna kind of telegraph that she's gonna like die very early in the first act and they don't don't even have to worry about the character of Mara right you know so we're gonna to wait to see what happens with that but also yeah if this movie is supposed to be coming out in do we think it's yeah, December. It's December, yeah. Uh, I mean, what I think the latest, you know, we've been doing the show for eight years now. So we've been trying our best to keep track of, you know, trailer schedules just in general for Hollywood. And I feel like the latest, the latest we've ever seen a trailer premiere for a movie was like maybe three months. And for mm. something, for some reason, I swear it was like a Spider-Man, like a No Way Home or something like that. They were, like, waiting up to the wire. But right. I think it was because they didn't want to reveal from another movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, but
1: also, at the same time, Spider-Man carries itself, right? Like, you don't need mm-hmm. a lot of trailers to, to sell Spider-Man. Now, Aquaman, the first movie, you know, I believe did it make a billion dollars, right, um, at the box office. But that was five, six years ago. Um, and in a different environment for DC. So, you know, there's... Definitely, several ways this could go when it lands, but you know, you still, even if the actors can't be out here saying anything, you can still release trailers for your product. And uh, I mean, you we've know, got a Loki should, trailer later to talk about.
0: They should consider themselves lucky that there is no um, Star Wars, James Bond, or Avatar, Avatar movie yeah. this year. Like they got really lucky that this happened to be just an off year for a lot of big uh, December movies.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, again, de- depending again on how these contracts work and all the other fun stuff, if it starts to encroach on James Gunn Peter Saffron's work to start their universe, that's going to be even more confusing at the end of the day. Um, I remember it was a couple months ago and was it uh, Jason Momoa came? And he was like, I'm out of DC studios. Let's talk to James Gunn Peter Saffron. I'm so excited and we don't know what he's doing. So um, I, w- I want that excitement. I wish that excitement was contagious for his, for his upcoming project. But. Um, James, one the director, of this was just like in the hospital over the weekend too, over like an emergency health complication. Oh shit! Said he's better. I'm like, geez, all these you know people not doing well. So hopefully <laughs> they can get out and go and and we can see some of the stuff. So we'll... I mean,
0: not not to be glib, but he, he as a director in the Directors Guild, he's the only one legally allowed to promote the movie right now. So yeah. hopefully he's okay. <laughs>
1: did did um he he didn't write it? You don't think? That well, conflict with his right. I, if well, he, write, he would
0: if he if he wrote it. As long as he just talks about directing the movie, <laughs> don't talk about any writing in the movie.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This is this is how we directed. We didn't use scripts. Scripts are awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll report. You'll come back every week if with trailer drops. We'll talk about it, break it down, and see what uh, what what we think and how how that's going. But the DCU as a whole, that train keeps on trucking, Mike. And the um the I guess the the vibe. The confirmation... James Gunn is out here saying things, doing stuff, and we'll, we'll talk some more. But, like, apparently the animated movies for the DC Universe at large are hinted at being released in theaters as well, uh, Mike. Um, or at least starting to be released in theaters. Now, we don't know what these entail, but we do know the um, some of the Gods and Monsters movies for this Phase 1, uh, Part 1, are supposedly animated. So... Uh, that sounds like obviously from a fiscally responsible company, they're like we cannot just release these straight to streaming. We have to get uh, some some money back on these, so we're gonna release them in theaters.
0: Gotcha. So we're talking. So if this is their plan, right? I'm I'm totally on board with this, right? Because I think they're seeing the energy and the excitement, right, in the kind of Spider Verse space. And, like, uh, now with TMNT, like, why can't we join that? That would be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're really going to have to bring it, right? I think the reason that those movies are doing so well is that they're so visually creative and unique and, you know, birthing this new era of, of feature and, animation. So and they're they just good. That, well, I think, yeah. I think that's not, that's not, <laughs> it's not
1: just the visuals. They are good stories and good movies. They're not just uh, – you know, they're not just written to be animation. We we put an anime movie out, forget about it. So, yes, absolutely. But go on.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and it seems like if these are going to be tied to the DCU, I keep wanting to say yeah. DCEU, this DC universe at large, I wonder if we'll kind of get more of um. Like a PG thirteen rating on it, which would be kind mm. of cool to have a little bit more mature uh, animation in theater as well. Yeah. So, well, if
1: James Gunn writes it, it'll have to be PG thirteen. It'll <laughs> he'll probably include some obscure sex joke or there's, something. In there's
0: there. a there's a little um, Microsoft Clippy on yeah. his uh, version of the final draft that says like, "Are you sure you want to use that word? How about yep. this? How about using crap instead?"
1: Yeah. yeah, we we don't want to talk about Aquaman uh, sleeping with fish. And we, we, we're using sleeping loosely here. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so, yeah, but um, this does not include, like, the Tomorrowverse features, like the ones that we're used to seeing from DC Animated, right? Like the upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earth or the Watchmen, uh, you know, the, the the Batman and Harley Quinn. Like, you know, those animated movies, they keep cranking out every, like, three to four months, right? Mm-hmm. Those are not part of this. This is just the DC Universe um, the, the I guess what's the word what's it's like the M- MCU the DCU it's like those anything that affects the storyline they're they're that'll be in theater so mm-hmm. that seems to be a smart approach uh, again hopefully uh, as you as you said you know they take a they take a, a, a good visual style but also they write a good story at the end of the day that's what we want and that that eventually sells uh, I don't know if you knew this but uh, the the movie Elementals or Elemental that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been in the box office long enough to actually turn a profit and become a successful movie for Pixar this year uh, nice. when you don't look at opening weekends but like over time they didn't just drop it on Disney plus within like eight weeks they kept it in theaters and it actually has turned a profit and become really successful so like this is um probably I, I hope a good lesson for animated movies like you know you may not get it an opening weekend but there's over time the ability to to go see these movies, so
0: yeah, um, I yeah, I guess we do kind of forget like a kind of a, a kid centric box office is not like no one's taking their kids on like Thursday opening night, right? For mm-hmm. a good like strong Thursday for a Pixar movie, yeah. right? Maybe if it's like an Incredibles or an Incredibles three, and that's know. mostly adults, yeah.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, so like you know the, those those movies are are on a different schedule and, and a way to to look at success is again over time. Just you don't have to dump it on streaming immediately. Despite the fact we may enjoy that sometimes, um, but we're gonna shift into Black Adam. Do you remember this movie that it came out no. last year? Yeah, boy, okay. do I. Um, yeah, I, boy, I, yeah. Uh, Dwayne Johnson has gone on interview this week. I've linked the interview in our show notes here, and he has blamed the change in leadership for Black Adam, uh, the character not continuing or getting yeah, more movies. Sure, uh, sure. His exact <laughs> quotes, uh, if and I'm sure, if you look at it through as. Stephen Amell would say by a myopic lens here um, <laughs> you uh, he, it, he says you had the biggest opening of your career for Dwayne Johnson um, which is surprising um, sure no China which could have been maybe 100 200 million more dollars you have a superhero and you want to grow the franchise you bring back Superman Henry Cavill which the world went crazy and we created a diverse superhero portfolio where we have just men and women of color and black Adam he makes some great points here. I, I think, you know, obviously we want to see diverse casts, diverse actors. Um, it, it it did make some money, I, I'm sure, but we don't know those exact numbers. We, we've also reported as, as a huge loss for the studio. So um, I, I think, you know, I don't know what the truth is here, but obviously uh, we're probably not going to see another Black Adam movie unless... Uh, Dwayne Johnson needs to put this aside much like he did with his fast beef with Vin Diesel because he needs a hit on his career uh, to make some money.
0: I mean, I think like two things that I would point out here is first uh, echoing what you just said, Chris, about uh, those animated movies that have been coming out, like Spider-Verse or Mute Mayhem or Mitchell's Versus the Machines, right? You know, I'm talking about the visuals, and you say, but those are just good movies, right? Yeah. That's what you need to make, yeah. Dwayne Johnson. You just need to make a good movie. And then, yeah, biggest opening of his career, which I was surprised to hear that, too, since he's, like, the biggest paid movie star like in the world i don't know if it, that's still the case but at least it was a couple years ago right mm-hmm. um but like you don't just have to have like a big like opening you have to have like the biggest opening with some of these superhero movies because the drop-off in the second weekends he- are so big that like if your movie's just like mediocre like you're not going to be successful just off of like an opening weekend either has to be stra- catastrophically large you have to create so much buzz that people come back the second weekend and the reviews came out nobody really liked it and like why would we go see it
1: (laughs) right well exactly and uh, honestly I I think again I think he again makes some good points but that doesn't necessarily all these other things make make it successful and mean like we want to make another one you can have just a single movie it doesn't need to be a franchise sure it's in DC and they're going to franchise everything but you don't have to do it and you know, uh, it's Black Adam. You know, at the end of the day, it just wasn't fun. Uh, it, it seemed very um, tropy, if you will, right? Um, and and it suffers from that that clause he has in his contract where he can't lose a fight. Like at, at best, he can draw, but he can't lose a fight. So obviously, he never really lost. But I think the um, it's gonna probably suffer similar to Blue Beetle, right? The Blue Beetle has the tropiness like that, may but isn't like maybe successful tropiness. So. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you can blame the change in leadership. Didn't he also – remember he tried to like create like a coup in DC, right? Right. He, he tried to take over DC Universe before they hired James Gunn. So uh, yeah, was, there's uh, probably uh, a lot more to this was, that we don't know. He was
0: like, the power has shifted in the DCEU. And it's just like, man, you're a little out of touch with the fan base rock because the, the DCEU was crumbling before your yeah. movie ever really got announced. Yes.
1: Uh, but – and against all of this, in 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 his in his defense, he made what what the largest um, personal contribution to uh, the maybe SAG after maybe WGA, the uh, fund to help people um, who are striking and not getting jobs, during and that's like keep their, uh, what's that called the fund that to support people who are yeah not that so yeah the,
0: it's just the the strike support fund is usually yeah. kind of how it's. Referred to, yeah. I don't think anybody here is uh, dissing just like Dwayne Johnson's just, you know, overall, like, personality, right? But it's just like, he's a very specific type of actor who's been making very specific types of movies, and he's been successful at that. And I don't, I don't think we can just assume that you can just keep doing the same thing and keep seeing increasing results, right? Like uh, Dwayne has transitioned from becoming just like an actor into like he is a business in and of himself, right? So, and like businesses have like that demand of growth constant yeah. over and over and over again. Well, if Dwayne wants to keep growing, right, you know, he's doing right things, right? You know, he's making his own businesses, like energy drinks and stuff like that. And I'm sure he has other stuff on the side, right? I'm sure he's producing things as well that he's never even, like, been in with his money, which is totally fine, right? But if he wants to, like, catapult himself... Into a different stratosphere as an actor, he's got to start doing different types of yeah. roles. So <laughs> he's always just being the beefcake that can't be beaten, like you said. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, so I, I looked up. I went. I went to the numbers and pulled up his movies. And Black Adam, overall, I don't have opening weekends here. Overall, domestically, um, it, he, that is uh, Black Adam is his tenth highest movie domestically. Uh, so I don't know where he's saying that, like that's maybe it's his biggest opening movie as like the number one build character you think or like solo build character? Yeah,
0: possibly or is he just looking maybe at like Thursday preview numbers yeah. or maybe like Friday opening? Cuz I,
1: I I I highly I think the fast movies he's been in probably outweigh those even.
0: Like, yeah, it's got to be just yeah, top billing. Because I see
1: it's Jim, the two Jumanjis he was in are are at t- two or three Moana, the rest are fast movies and the Mummy Returns. The somehow the Mummy got above this. At the end of the day, domestically, yeah, he's
0: uh, co starred primarily in those. Jumanji yeah, so, movies. so
1: absolutely. I, I think, I think maybe he was looking solo. If I flip it to worldwide, uh, Black Adam moves down like 15th, so, um, it's, it's mostly fast movies. Somehow, San Andreas got in here. I don't know what's going on with that either, but, um, yeah, none of these movies, other than I would say to me, Jumanji's good, Moana's probably the best movie he was in, right? Um, out of that list of movies I just named off. So yeah, you've got to be doing good stuff and 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 not just holding yourself to tentpole blockbusters, if you will, at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So um, there's opportunity for him to grow and and still become a a, a, a well-known and respected actor, other than just uh, a beefcake in, in a film. at the End of the day. But anyway, I don't think we're gonna see more Black Adam, Mike. I, that's what I was, <laughs> the whole point is. I don't think I don't think we're gonna see him anymore. No. So. Uh, Unless he makes an animated cameo in Creature Commandos. I guess he could bring him back animated. But uh, Creature Commandos, James Gunn has confirmed um, on Threads, if you're not on Threads, he's on there, that season one of Creature Commandos is seven episodes long. And voice acting is done, meaning that it was finalized before the WGA sag after strikes started happening and affecting all these productions. So they are probably really a lot farther along with that than I expected them to be, really, at the end of the day
0: looking up the episode numbers for season one of invincible okay invincible was eight episodes all right that's what i was checking just to see Mm -hmm. what they were doing over there um and then what was arcane arcane was i think it was around the same yeah yeah. nine episodes okay so yeah i wasn't necessarily expecting a lot but seven does seem to be just one more than like a tiny little marvel tv show right
1: yeah and um well, I mean, somehow, and I've not watched it yet. I've heard conflicting things. Uh, Twisted Metal got 10 episodes, and they're 20 minutes, you know, a half hour show, right? So, mm-hmm. depending on, I guess, depends on how long these episodes are. But I would say with seven, probably in that 40 to 50 minute range, um, really. So, I'm excited to see some of this stuff, but we probably won't get promotions or, or stuff for a while. But I, I'd be excited to see what this looks like in motion, if you will. Uh, with with yeah. these characters,
0: yeah, we're we'll be inferring a lot from just like with that next uh, Aquaman trailer, right? We'll be inferring a lot with this Creature Commandos trailer because we've only seen that concept art, right? And concept art is only ever the concept, just like a concept car that you see at like a car show. So I'm curious to see what kind of like tone and style that they're yeah. going to set, and then that also will show you like the longevity of the project, right? Like if they're do so, doing something really wild, unique like tons of like just single frame uh animation uh we it might be a while until you ever see a second season because it'll take Mm -hmm. a while to make it so that's always with the premiere of something animated they always have so much more lead time to give you that first season
1: and this kind of goes actually i think you know the tv shows go against the um the other animated movies concept I, i mean you can't put TV shows in theaters—it's it's a foreign concept and it wouldn't make a lot of money. But like you know, putting this on H- on on Max, not HBO Max, to watch, uh, really, um, I would say almost kind of—I feel like it undercuts the animated movies in theaters. If I'm going to be honest, right? People are going to expect the animated stuff to to be on Max because of the show. But we'll see if people maybe feel like they want to go to the theaters for the movies for a little bit. So. A lot, of, a lot of questions about the future of DCU, uh, and a lot a lot, of, a lot, of questions, so we'll figure out the answers as we go, but one of the uh, funny parts about the DCU is that, you know, it kind of nixed a lot of uh, stuff in the past, one of those being the Batgirl movie, right? I know James Gunn, Peter Stafford didn't nix this, they nixed this beforehand, but uh, Blue Beetle standees are hitting comic book shops, and boy, on the bottom does it say, watch Batgirl. Um, Oh,
0: yeah. At the very, very, very bottom. Yes. Batgirl logo.
1: So, yeah. I've included a tweet, and if you scroll down, um, I forget where it was. I I have the regular stand, but there's a a zoom in from the same guy that shows the Batgirl logo on the Blue Beetle standees. Now, mind you, they could have printed these a while ago, but Batgirl's been canceled for, what, a year maybe or -hmm. more? Like, you think they maybe would have just included a sticker or something to cover it up? Uh, (laughs) But, like, like, anything... To not have that logo on there. But uh Yeah, it's such a it's such a shame. Like seeing it, you
0: know, just flanked by the other logos, right? Also yeah. the Black Adam logos there, which is really funny. Yeah, It does it does just make you wonder, right? It makes you fantasize in a way of what would this all look like if it all worked out perfectly? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like if everything went the way they yeah. went. They got the box office dollars and the reviews that they wanted. You know, would we be seeing you know, Batgirl like sharing screen time with you know Ezra Miller in the future, mm-hmm. or if all of this got so popular, would they somehow you know try to branch the Matt Reeves you know Batman universe and like pull something else into it? Yeah. You know, just see it seems like nope, that's not, Which, <laughs> that's yeah. never gonna happen now.
1: Yeah, it's it's really all, a mixed bag down there, right? Um, I see the Batman, Black Adam, The Flash. That girl what is the one in, to the right to the right of aquaman can you can you make that one right out
0: of aquam is
1: that is that su- super
0: pets is it uh it could be it looks a little like bouncy like yeah. the font it could be dc super it's pets. it's a
1: very large uh uh save it oh it is is yeah i was able to open a new tab it's the the league of super pets which kind Ooh. of came and went under the radar as well so yeah i mean it's Obviously, again, they could have printed these and like we're saving money by just reusing them. Don't worry about it. But like, boy, that is like just a kick in the face for everyone who wanted to see this movie, right? And
0: also, like, the the funny thing is about all these logos. Like I'm saying, I'm just having all of these different emotions, like seeing them all officially printed because that means there was a strategy at one point in time. This wasn't even the original. Strategy, right? This yeah. was the pivot after Zack Snyder's universe wasn't working. So, like, yeah, like now we're we're already on to like the next pivot already. So. Well, and
1: Blue Beetle was a streaming <laughs> movie as well when they probably made these. Yeah, that's so it's like we're like three pivots away from Zack Snyder's right? Like we're <laughs> we're in a whole different town using a whole different GPS system. So it's really. You know, disheartening that they're just sticking to it and not really adding that I'm, polish at the end of the day.
0: I'm confident at some point in time that Batgirl movie will be released. Not necessarily officially. I don't know if it will...
1: When do statutes le- of limitations for insurance claims go away? <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: like, I don't know if it'll be released, like, you know, on a special collector's edition or something, but, like, they can't just leave that shelf. You, That's too big to shelf.
1: You know, uh, I don't know if you noticed, the, um, that... Scooby Doo and Crypto Two movie that they canceled, mm-hmm. they have re-enabled that movie to be released, uh, down the road. Like they're like, okay, we're not, we didn't actually cancel it, wink wink. We were just moved it and didn't tell anybody. So, uh, <laughs> they're actually going to release that movie that I've already downloaded several months ago. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> it was on like the
0: Internet Archive for a minute, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, like literally, like after they canceled <laughs> it, someone was like, uh, the hell with you, I'm putting it online, and so now, um, they're actually releasing it down the road. So I, I, my guess is something about that probably made the insurance claim even worse. Uh, like we had to cancel it for insurance purposes, but yeah, overall DC really, uh, really, really swinging a miss this week. So uh, I thought that was interesting that we kind of throw all this stuff in there. Cause it is literally, literally all over the place from, from front to back. Uh, let's, we're going to shift up here in the middle. We're going to talk a little bit about the Mandalorian uh, season four. We know has already been written. Mike John Favreau said that when season three was airing, so we know it's written. Um, so it's not affected by the the writing strike currently. They can't film it with the actor strike, but with the um, reemergence and extended contract of Bob Iger and wanting to do less on Disney Plus and more things theatrical to bring in, I guess you know, to level the company financially. There are early talks about converting these scripts into a movie instead. So having season four <laughs> of the Mandalorian be just a movie at the end of the day, Disney that, Plus. That it's it's
0: that's just so it's so hilarious to me, right? Because first of all, I wanna say, I've just kind of loved this invention of streaming just in general, right? Because I love the fact that I can pay for an option to have entertainment commercial free Easily streamed in my home. I don't think that that should be underappreciated or just Mm. unforgotten, right? But at at the same time, it has just caused like a catastrophic shift in Hollywood, kind of in a Silicon Valley sense where all of these other studios have just been rushing after this this streaming business model but it just has not been extremely lucrative right and you're seeing it right here with the ceo coming back and saying like oh we're not making a whole lot of money even though like disney plus like just seems to be dominating for what piece of the market they want right they always pull really good subscriber numbers most of the times when they're doing their um when they're doing like their it's, investor updates every quarter, right? If
1: you've got a family, uh no, you don't even have to have a family, but like most people with like families of kids are more like, this is your go-to streaming service, right? Like it's got everything you could want to, haven't they put Bluey on this yet? Or is that Hulu?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, Bluey is on uh Disney Yeah, Plus, like so they, I, this I, is like
1: your, your you want to entertain your kids for days, like this is your one service you need. They're not watching Max, they're not watching Paramount Plus. <laughs> like this is the best streaming service there is, and even they're struggling, right?
0: Yeah, and it's like, I don't know why i've never connected the two in my head but like it's exactly what happened with spotify right no one looks at spotify and thinks oh the musicians and the record labels are definitely making more money now right because like i pay like 15 bucks a month or 16 bucks a month i think now for me and my wife to have spotify premium and like that's it Whereas, like, back in the day, you know, before the internet existed, you know, you could have been buying, like, two CDs a month, you know, and that's already costs more, right, than what Spotify is, and I'm listening to unlimited amounts of stuff. So, uh, basically, what I'm saying is it seemed like a lot of these uh, old Hollywood studios that tried to transition to streaming, they did it, it worked, they got subscribers, and then they're just kind of like, they... Kind of shrug their shoulders, like, I thought there was supposed to be like buckets of money mm-hmm. on our doorstep once we made a streaming service. What happened here? So right. uh, I just, I do think it's funny. Now we're going the opposite direction, right? They wanted to bolster all of their streaming services so much, they were taking like uh, theoretically an Obi Wan movie. <laughs> chopping it up into a series and throwing it on Disney Plus and now we're going the exact opposite direction well, of taking the, a show and putting it into a movie. The it's so well, funny.
1: the To me, I, I agree with you. The, the funniest part to me is the show that kicked Disney Plus off, Mandalorian, is being kicked off of Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Like, Like this, like literally Disney Plus wouldn't have been anything without a killer launch title, right? And guess what that was? The Mandalorian. And mm-hmm. now they're like, you know what? Mandalorian's really not doing it for us anymore. What are we going to do we're going to turn it into a movie uh, because, you know, I, I, I at least give them some credit. At least it's building towards something for once. Right. With Dave Filoni's uh, mm-hmm. Air of the Empire movie. But like, boy, howdy, this is not the news I expected or like whichever. No, I didn't expect this show to get the movie treatment at the end of the yeah. day.
0: And I think this is good because this is kind of like the direction more often. I think you want to see a narrative go right i know like tv can do great things when it comes to really diving deep into a story but mandalorian has ever only been you know eight episodes and this last season proved to me that they can indeed make a boring season of the mandalorian if they want to so if i can just imagine the last season of the mandalorian kind of like condensed into like a movie Mm-hmm. And then if they had to write that script as a movie, you know, they would have got to where they needed to go quicker. They would have been more efficient. Yeah. Um. So I, am I'm, I'm on board for a Mandalorian I, movie.
1: And so this is also just so everyone knows in addition to Dave Filoni's heir to the empire movie. So that movie is not canned. That's not canceled. This would be a, a movie made to, I guess, bridge that gap a little quicker. Like you said, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you know, if, if, Again, the acting actress, strike. Right? You know, they're meeting the WGA and the SAG AFTER, they're meeting with the AMPTP to have conversations. No one's yielding yet, but, like, they're having conversations, right? Uh, which is great. So, like, if this continues on, this also may be why those conversations are happening, right? Like, we can't produce a whole TV series. We don't have the time for it to make it for, for Dave Filoni's theatrical debut. We need to just strip it down, do our movie, which is a much shorter production, and get it out of there. But I I agree with you. Maybe, you know, do we need all the – despite the fact I enjoyed the Jack Black Lizzo episode of The Mandalorian, do you need it, right? Did you need it at the end of the day for that episode? Absolutely not, right? You could have literally glossed over that whole thing. The whole point of that episode was the, the last five minutes. Uh, <laughs> so um, it was fun to see along the way, just did the battle droids and like a whole iRobot robot scenario and Christopher Lloyd's debut in star Wars. But like, was it necessary? Absolutely No, not, <laughs> not at all. So yeah, there, there could be ways to do this. And we as viewers get the benefit of that because, you know, again, green, not the best season, but there were some fun moments that are, were necessary along the way. Right. Like whenever, um, What's her name? Uh, Bo-Katan uh, saves Mandalorian from that, that uh, I guess, blood-sucking robot on Mandalore, which was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, there's some, there's some cool I, – I am fine with this. Now, do, do we see this this movie, if they make a Mandalorian movie, is this a movie released on Disney+, Plus, or do you think they're going to do a theatrical oh, release on it?
0: I mean, I feel like if they're going to go theatrical, uh, they better get outside of that volume. For yeah, at least for at least a little bit and shoot outside in the real world. And I know that they, they do that for real with the actual TV show. Right. But I mean, you can feel the difference between Andor yeah. and Mandalorian when it just comes to they like if they're in a room or if they're outside, you know.
1: They, yeah, they got to upgrade from Unreal Engine 4 to 5 for the next that's <laughs> Yeah, saying. that's all it is. Yeah, that's uh, all they need to do. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. If they do a movie, they need to break out of the cost-saving structure that they built to – that it, it has uses, but, again, to do the whole thing in there, um, you know, what they used to call it, you sweet a trailer. Now you're going to volume mm-hmm. a, a trailer where you just film it all <laughs> in one room. But um, – yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this at the end of the day. Hopefully, you know, I, I think this will be, to answer my own question that I posed to you, I think it would be a Disney Plus release, uh, right? Like a Disney Plus movie, and like, all right, we got this. You're We're out of the way. Now you can continue with whatever you need to get your movie yeah. done, Dave. If they were
0: going to do a Disney Plus movie, uh, I would think the best strategy would to be release it, like, within a month of the Dave Filoni feature film, right? And I would assume the Mandalorian movie keys right up into the Filoni movie yeah. as well. So you just, like, you get, you know, uh, three, four weeks of uh, streaming that movie on Disney+, then you go right into the Filoni movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see, I would maybe, mm, one month is good. I can see also up to three months just so the advertising for Filoni's movie doesn't ruin anything in the this movie, if you will um but you know uh, there, there's again what was it captain marvel fed into um in, in game, right so that was pretty fun so i think there's opportunity to do that as well so um i don't know we'll figure it out but speaking of disney plus things that excite us for marvel and disney plus mike i think we can both agree it's loki season two and mm-hmm. we got a trailer for uh this week and boy it reminds me how much i miss this like oh, watching I this know, show. right I was like I'm like oh this is fun again it, it, this it, it's it's the actors like I I think it's the actors are contagious right and like the coolness of it like yeah. I was like I was like Owen oh, Wilson as this Mobius guy I'm like this is fun we got to introduce to Kiway Kwan's character OB right there in the beginning I'm like yeah oh this is and a think great it, intro to this and I think it
0: goes to show just the value that the show um, gets from its production value, right? Even just watching a trailer, it just looks beautiful. It looks mm. different. It looks fun. It looks fantastical, which is it, what you want when you're watching a show. <laughs> like I like, I liked She-Hulk, right? And it's a totally different type of show. But like, it's, that's just like in lawyers' rooms, and they were at like yeah. a wedding one. Like, there's just not a, there wasn't a lot going on there with <laughs> She-Hulk. It's not like there was one episode where she like invaded a secret lab and there's like you know tons of like you know cool stuff like happening in the background right it was well, you know well, it and i understand it's a comedy but like it's just nice seeing a trailer it's like wow so much wonder but the,
1: the the thing about this i think i mentioned before unlike secret invasion there is no overpromise in a loki season two right we're just getting loki season two it's not like Loki, uh, you know, King of Asgard. They're not overselling it with the title of what it really is. Because mm-hmm. Secret Invasion, as we talked about, I believe, last week, uh, just really undersold the title by a long shot. <laughs> so if you're in Loki season two, you're like, okay. And then it, it really kicks off like, oh, Loki is time slipping. So he's being pulled through time and nobody knows what that is. So boom, there's our mystery. For the episode and we get to see him kind of go through several times including what appears to be like an early 1900s late 1800s um kind of era where we get to see the from it was from the ending of Ant man and the wasp quantumania right with uh, a, a version of kang we can see a Miss minutes mm-hmm. kaiju monster in like that same era kind of come to life there which was kind of cool um but, you know the other characters um i forget what the the it's not Agent 18, whatever that uh, the one, the lady's name who arrested him to begin with. Uh, mm-hmm. She was in that. Ravona uh, i Fucking Tom Hiddleston doing his hair flip every chance he his Loki hair flip every <laughs> chance he. I think there's like four or five times in Charlie he does that, and um, then obviously Sylvie back working at McDonald's in one of the clips or one of the shots. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I don't know what to make this. I don't know how it's going to start or it's going to end. There is a shot of Mobius getting into a spacesuit to go out to the end. of it looks like uh, a branching timeline or, or a coupler like that maybe yeah. like is supposed to do something was, with the timelines.
0: That was really, really cool, right? Because I feel like the, the fandom, and I think rightfully so, latched on to that visualization of the timeline fracturing. And we've not really seen a follow-up on it all yep. that much. Um, one thing that is a little... I, I don't want to say necessarily confusing about this trailer, but the Loki, the first season, and it looks like the second season, they've always leaned into this concept of time. Yeah. Right? We have missed minutes. Like the TVA are basically like time cops. And if you kind of fold in the explanation from... Uh, what was it? Was it Endgame, right, when they are doing time yeah. traveling? And then the Sorcerer Supreme, or I guess the old sorcerer supreme as a ghost but in the but in the past uh uh, when she was explaining how when the time branches off you're creating these alternate realities right which is kind of another way of saying multiverses but i feel like the the multiverse that's been explained recently is like oh it's always been there and it's always Mm -hmm. been around us you just can't see it or you can't Uh. get to it whereas Endgame and Loki kind of postulate know that there was always just one universe until you came in and broke it. So it's yeah. just it's a little it's still like a little confusing of where we're supposed to be. Well, and yeah, I know like the, the people have been, and also like the time slipping as you mentioned to me earlier this week looks a lot like you know the Spider Verse glitching, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So like he's like morphing around and like you know being pulled and stuff, and it looks like the characters. I I, I forget what they called it in. The, the Spider-Verse movies, right? Like, wherever they're like, oh, you're out of your timeline. We're going to be – or you're out of your universe. We're going to pull you. So, you know, yeah. as you mentioned, you know, is it time travel? Is it multiversal? Like, they call it time slipping. In the MCU, you know, a if you time travel, you create a variant, you know, a branch universe. And TV was pruning those. Well, with the um, – I wouldn't say he who remains uh, with him being killed, you know, are the – is. Is the pruning Has the pruning stopped Because no one's there To To Say this is the Final timeline If you will This is the one that we need to So I expect to see uh, Obviously The The king War Really With all these Very branches Uh, Loki hits a wall With one of those Scepters and reveals the King statues behind it at one point in the trailer. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's a that, that's a very good point. Uh, we still very much have a visual of Jonathan Majors in this show. Right. Yeah. And in the trailer as well. You know, uh, I don't know if maybe that's a hint of where they're going with him and his career as Kang moving forward at Marvel. Because I mean, if they already shot the show and they couldn't really find a decent way of removing his likeness, they could have. I, I think at very least, just not have included him in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is kind of like a test of just like, well, he's in legal trouble, but we don't seem to be getting a lot of backlash putting his face in the trailer. Let's kind of see how it goes. And I mm-hmm. haven't been following that you know it's- case very well, but it seems it seems to ebb and flow between he's innocent or he's not. And he's really not innocent, or the, he's like, oh, it's fine, and then, no, it's really bad.
1: <laughs> the trial was pushed back a month recently, so he's yeah, he hasn't even gone through the trial yet. So um, yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, um, you know, it, as we we would say, innocent until proven guilty. But does Disney want controversy on their hands, no matter which way that goes? Right at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, he he was definitely in it, but at the end of the day, it's really again a low key show, and it's I I miss the. TVA boxes where they ported through stuff, and that's gonna be really fun to see those come back. Mm-hmm. I, I thought so. I, I don't know where this is going, but like I said, it, it Loki has no consequences that we know of yet, which is cool, right? I think that if any show is going to affect the MCU going forward at large. It has a chance to be Loki, but I'm I'm very excited to dive back into this and really just spend some time with Tom Hiddleston doing Loki stuff throughout the mm-hmm. throughout the universe. Do you think Mobius is going to get his jet ski in this one, <laughs> in the
0: season? Not till the not till the series finale. Not not till the end. Too soon. Yeah,
1: I'd love to see him. He's supposed to pop up in the Deadpool three, so I'd love to see him do that as well. But that's coming out October sixth, by the way. So if anyone had forgotten, we are a short two months away from watching Loki in, in uh at home, not theaters, at home on Disney plus. Starting that. This is hot news, Mike. I actually typed this while we were talking already. I don't know if you knew this, but I am Groot. Got a trailer today uh, confirming season two uh, for uh, September 6th. Kind of how we, I guess, speculated several weeks ago, uh, which is National Tree Day. So the first uh, link we have in there is a trailer showing off some of his little journeys. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. still baby Groot as, well, as far as we can tell um, from Guardians 2 era, not not the teenage Groot, sadly. But he is going to be, you know, building snowmen and getting a nose and some other goofy stuff. Uh, from
0: looks the... like he's driving an ice cream truck as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, Fresh of shorts. I'm going to guess five, right? Uh, maybe. You know, that's how many they did last time. Could be five or six of these little shorts. Uh, the um, other uh, thing is a poster here showing Groot with a baby bird in his head uh, for the poster. on um, Again, National Tree Day. That's pretty cool. I have no qualms. This is the kind of stuff bit for streaming, Mike. I like this kind of content on streaming. Like it's little, little yeah. fun things. Um, I've
0: always, I've always wondered how much shorts kind of in general like move the needle with streaming services, right? Because I feel like a streaming service would hope there's a future where all they would have to make is kind of shorts mm-hmm. because they're they're cheap to make. You get to say, oh, we've added something new. It's a new title to the lineup. You know, the library gets a little bit bigger, but you know, the shows are like micro dosing, right? Um. So I don't know. I think the problems with shorts, though, is you never get kind of like the big swell of um, an audience talking about it right. Yeah. You know, you're know, you in and out of it like so quickly you forget about it. And I yeah. forgot about they're... season one of I Am Groot until we brought it up here. Well, right? I think
1: I think they're good supplements, right? Like they're good to have as an option. And I will use um, Disney's Mickey Mouse series that popped up in 20, what, 2015, mm-hmm. I think, or maybe 2013 – um as an example these are two, these are these are like two to, to, to seven minutes uh at, at most so um these are like emmy award-winning shorts uh, if you will uh, with this art style like i i think you can be really creative and have a lot of fun and be very concise in your stories um that are non-consequential really at the end of the day in a short form uh, of entertainment especially animation uh, this Disney, the Disney ones, I'm talking the Mickey Mouse shorts um, that are actually they based that right. What's that new ride at Disney called? Um, uh, Runaway Railway. Runaway Railway. That's the animation that this is based on, and that's the animation style in the new Illusion Island game for Switch that my wife has beaten in the first week we had it because she was obsessed with it. So um, I, I think there is a benefit to shorts as filler at the end of the day. Aquatine Hunger Force to me is a short TV show. Right? Those were ten. 10 to 11 minutes so I, I i see value but like i said you know, I, I get what you're saying like there is no what do you call it, zeitgeist no water cooler talk yeah. if you will yeah. I,
0: I guess we should not also underestimate the power of children's access to disney plus yeah. if somebody really if one kid out there really likes Groot, they they may have watched every short of i am Groot like literally like 30 times yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, you, you need to go to the bathroom by yourself and your kid won't leave you alone. Put on an I'm green mm-hmm. episode real fast. Yeah, you got this. Um, but yeah, I think I, they're harmless little, little things. Um, so, But coming out September 6th, uh, just a month away. So they'll, they'll be next on our, on our release list. Uh, we're going to shift into Coven of Chaos news, Mike. We've, we've talked a little bit about this with The Witch's Road, but Aubrey Plaza is rumored to be playing a character called Rio Vidal, the first green witch in Marvel. Now, the only thing I could find about green witches in Marvel was the character Enchantress, which you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, she's you know a, a mystic magic user, but this is not her. I I, I can't find anything about this. But uh, the the biggest uh, flag here is also is that this uh, person Rio is a an ex girlfriend of Agatha as well, so they have a history together. Whenever the show starts.
0: No, oh, I mean I guess I never really. Um envisioned Enchantress as a witch, even though I guess if you look at it, you know, out of context, you know, I guess, yeah, that those are witchy powers, but, you know, yeah. when you're always kind of paired up in, like, an As Asgardian sense, I just well, kind of considered her more of, like,
1: <laughs> an Asgard figure, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I would say, you know, I thought about that, too, and I was like, oh, well, Thor's mom, Freya, she calls herself a witch. Like, you know, she's one of the witches as well. Does, in- that,
0: does that make Loki uh a, a warlock then <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's more of a wizard if you will but yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's a ma- guess, he's yeah. a magic user he, he uses his own kind of trickery magic but it is green no it, notice that it is marvel has color for their magic right and orange mm. is dr strange um i guess uh structured magic red is you know chaos magic green um is it's gonna be probably like maybe trickster magic at the end of the day yeah so it,
0: you know, the audience already knows this. You know, I am just anticipating one day just an extremely sophisticated lore dump on many levels just yeah. to set the record straight with the MCU. All just right. give me just give me a long monologue of just like a witch in one of these shows or movies, just like really explaining magic, you know? Yeah. Here's a chart. Here's a whiteboard. This is where Doctor Strange and all of his kids um and students access magic this is how i access magic oh this is the reason why it's color coded you know yep and they're gonna Uh, hand wave
1: it and be like we fooled you forgive it we're gonna do whatever (laughs) yeah but hopefully maybe one day they come out with an mcu encyclopedia or what is it their their mcu bible right like a like a public version i'd love to have my hands (sighs) on that like just really dig into how much of that's blank right now because they're figuring (laughs) out Mm -hmm. as they go (laughs) but yeah uh, Fantastic Four news, uh, more notes, is the rumor is Joseph Quinn of Stranger Things Season 4 is rumored to have gotten the Johnny Storm role.
0: Is that the Eddie Munson It is Eddie, yes,
1: Eddie from yes. from Season 4. So,
0: Extremely popular. that's, he's like, that's so a, hot that's right a now. Good, yeah, that's a good casting choice for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So he'd be Johnny Storm, and then Vanessa Kirby, as we talked about, uh, Mission for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, as Susan Storm. She's the one you looked up, and you're like, oh, all the artwork makes her look like Susan Storm mm-hmm. uh, for that. But um, the Invisible Woman uh, slash Susan Storm is to be the focus of this team's movie. She's like the lead character. That's why they're, you know, they haven't cast Reed yet, or you know, they probably have the thing, but like we haven't got confirmation whether, um, oh shoot, Kylo Ren uh, is going to be him or not. Uh, so
0: I mean that that would I never I never pictured I guess the because usually when you picture the Fantastic Four I never really necessarily picture one of them being a lead I just kind of imagine it as an ensemble yeah. but I guess if you imagine Guardians of the Galaxy mostly, even in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, being mainly focused on Rocket, it still ends up usually being like Peter Quill front and center. So that'd be kind of interesting, putting Invisible Woman in the front. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw that there's rumors that possibly Matt Smith could be cast yeah. as Mr. Fantastic, which could be which I It's I, a death kiss it. for this movie, but go on. I mean I like I beat I beat this dead horse all the time, right? I'd love to see an evil Reed Richards. And I feel like Matt Smith would make a great it, evil so Reed Richards at some point. Matt
1: <laughs> Smith is as great as Doctor Who, but everything he's been in since then, Morbius, uh Terminator Genesis. Uh, what has he been uh, in that's really uh, turned the page, right? House of House of
0: Dragon. That yeah. would be what's I guess, but that's TV. I guess if you well, want to categorize fine. I mean, that slightly differently. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's I, he's good in TV role. I just haven't seen a movie with him this really been like, oh, this has sold me on him as a movie actor. So, um, I, I'm not against it. I, I think there, there's opportunity all around, but you know, I, I don't think these deals are going down right now because right they, they can't be. Um, not, they can't sign contracts, right, during the striking. They can't have conversations about actors negotiating during this stuff. So I don't know how this is working, but we'll be seeing more. Now, it is interesting, though, I believe, and I'm going to look this up, are all these – yeah, they're all English. These are all English people. Are they going around SAG-AFTRA and going into um, England where they don't have SAG-AFTRA to hire these actors? I don't know. I mean, that –
0: I mean, that could be a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but it kind of holds true a little bit, you know.
1: All three of those names we just named off are not – are from overseas, so.
0: Also, you know, it's a nebulous zone, right, of, like, being cast where, like, has money really been exchanged, you know, in a way? You know, has anybody done – technically done work for anybody yet? Not Mm -hmm. necessarily, so. I don't know. Like you mentioned earlier, they are starting to go – back to the table this month yeah uh, it did not go well uh last week uh when yeah. it started but at least you know the they, communication lines have opened yeah so it, that's good
1: <laughs> and i saw that they did say that they would be coming back again this week so rather than wait another 90 days they are looking to do it more weekly than anything mm-hmm. so uh hopefully we we get some you know um good news out of this as, as things kind of come together deadpool 3 uh one of the biggest questions after seeing hugh jackman in the comic accurate uh wolverine is will he wear the mask mike will he wear the mask and the rumor mm-hmm. is that he will be wearing the full wolverine mask with black pointy wings and the white eye covers like deadpool mm. so uh that's fine right makes it-
0: you wonder in the context of a deadpool movie right do you do it kind of in a more of a classical style where he's not wearing the helmet for the whole movie but then When the third act, action, ramps up, he throws it on, Deadpool Mm -hmm. makes a funny joke about it, and then we see it. Or is it like he shows up wearing it, gets made fun of for looking silly, and then gets it ripped off and we never see it
1: again? One of the cool things about the Deadpool movies is that they were able to make his eyes work on those on those suits, like through CG, right? They obviously they moved Uh them a little bit, but like white eyes don't have to just be dead looks anymore because CG's come so far. Isn't that so crazy
0: that like Us as an audience will totally let that pass, right? That when Deadpool emotes, like, his fake white eyes, which are perceived to be just cloth on a mask, right, move and emotes. Even though in the real world, that just straight up would not happen. Like, you can kind of get away with it with Spider-Man, right, because it's a technology... You know yeah. base suit So And I They played that up A little bit more The first time That we've seen Tom Holland and Spider-Man I feel like they've Slipped away a little bit more From like the mechanicalness Of the eyes As being an explanation mm-hmm. But yeah it is weird Just like Oh this is supposed to be A very realistic world but uh somehow his super powered eyebrows yeah removed the mask
1: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah he is he is talking to the audience but it's I'm it is saying
0: it's a i'm not saying it's a bad yeah. thing i just think it's interesting yeah. even myself we just we're okay with it
1: exactly know? and and you know and i think in that world hugh jackman could have it and they could easily do the same thing so uh, yeah i think it'd be really fun to to do that so very excited to see that um come to come to life for those who don't know guardians of the galaxy 3 is now on disney plus you're looking for something to stream and the Disney Plus timeline has confirmed that this takes place in its release order, so after A man 3, but before Secret Invasion. Um, very minimal stuff here. Again, you can go watch it on IMAX uh, if you go to the special uh, features, or what's it called? Um, it, I think it's just features, maybe? I forget. Um, and, and watch it, the IMAX version of it. Uh, this movie, absolutely fantastic to watch. Um, I, 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 if you've not seen it, you missed it when it came out earlier this year maybe you're burnout on superheroes or you're just like, ah, Ant-Man wasn't good. Why would I watch this secret invasion? Wasn't good. Why would I watch this? This Is going to cleanse your palate from all the Marvel stuff. So,
0: but I mean like the, this release order news almost like makes no difference, right? Yeah. It it has, it has no interplay with any of these movies at all. Like I could see maybe a cut, you know, line or a small scene removed where maybe the high evolutionary has knowledge of Kang. Right. I could see those types of people Mm -hmm. like, Sitting down, like getting coffee because they're both just like mega maniacal, like evil men, right? Yeah, um, so I could see that happening, like in universe, uh,
1: or, so. or even like taking scroll DNA, right? Like for a secret invasion, maybe more so than Man, yeah, yeah like,
0: that could be a possibility, but like, we never see any.
1: Of no, that. no, we, yeah, we don't know, it literally doesn't matter, but the only I guess timeline away way we have officially is when you look on Disney Plus, right? Like if if Disney Plus has it, that's our official timeline. Does it matter? At the end of the day, no. But most of them are going to be, I think, going in order. You know, I'm gonna go back to Fantastic Four. You know what the rumor I heard was the other rumor? What? <laughs> it, it takes place in the '60s, and they end oh, up in modern time, kind of like Captain America does.
0: I mean, that was a big pitch. I don't remember yeah. exactly where it came from. Maybe, like years ago,
1: like years I think ago. It was
0: yeah. possibly. Um, the film critic slash YouTuber movie Bob, yeah. which I haven't really watched his content in a while, but he had a big Fantastic Four pitch, which was something along those lines since the team just in general is kind of like a corny, cheesy team that could only really exist in a, in an earlier decade and then they get thrown yeah. forward in time. That could be cool. I do. I do like, yeah.
1: That rumor. Th- and so that's would be a situation where like, Oh, you want to watch the timeline? Well, then we got to throw this, you know, yeah. After Captain America, if you want to count that as the first one, but before Captain Marvel, we have Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah. So well, and also if you if you really wanted to throw um, uh, uh, timelines into um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, theoretically, when Peter Quill you know gets back to Earth and he's watching television, yeah, right, uh, he could be watching news reports of Skrulls being shot. You yeah. know, On the front of I don't yeah, think technically. He, movie or show will deal with that. But.
1: <laughs> technically, he would be an alien on Earth, right? Since so he has like celestial DNA, he's half celestial. Mm. So he could be a victim of that down the road. Um, you know, the, the xenophobia of, of aliens on, on Earth. But um, I, honestly, it, the only thing that matters is it takes place after Thor, Love, and Thunder because they were in the intro, right? With that. So at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. I think you can watch them in any order and you'll be fine. But that, that would explain why Thor is not with them. Is watching the first part of Thor, Love and Thunder, Avengers five and six. These are coming out eventually, two years years apart now, right? Remember they they spaced them out. But uh, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars working titles are confirmed to be called Apple Pie one, and Apple Pie two. And while (laughs) and I'm like this means absolutely nothing. I read on that it suggests that it's a nod to Carl Sagan's statement. If you wish to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. So that's fun if that's what it is. If it's just someone was just picking random things around their house one day when they, like we had to name things, that's less fun. But I, I do find it interesting that they're doing numerical like sequences like this. Because I believe even in-game Infinity War had different names, right? Um now, mind you, there was a you know, five-year time gap between them. Will there be time gap between these? I don't know. Maybe they're filming these back-to-back, Mike, at the end of the Will day.
0: Will we see abstract black-and-white photos from the set like the Russos did <laughs> with Easter yeah, eggs yeah. of what the movie title was going to that, be? That was a fun time. Man, that was before the, the world descended into madness.
1: Remember whenever they tried to tell us that they, the title was not in-game? And they were like, <laughs> they didn't say it in that first movie, what are you talking about? And then up until the point where are like, okay, it's called in game. You're like, you sons of bitches. You got this. You us. bastards.
0: I mean, I guess if you had to infer from, you know, if you had to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only stakes really left, right, when yeah. it comes to Marvel, like – uh end game the stake was literally half the universe right Mm -hmm. uh they brought half the universe back so they saved half the universe Uh, well i guess no there's more because you could kill the whole universe but then now there's also multiverses as well so well my guess guess,
1: well my guess is going to be is uh, and i hate to say it's going to be an infinity war end game part where the king dynasty they technically lose and like you know um all the universes are wiped out or merged together but one and then Secret Wars is like we found a way to unbreak the universes again and get back to what we had.
0: Yeah, it does really make you wonder what the grand what the grand plan is here now, right? You know, if we we've talked about this before, but if you were looking at this through a comic book lens, right? They're obviously approaching a whole universe reset, right? Because they want to mm-hmm. reissue Spider-Man number one, Captain America number one, you know, X-Men number one, right? They want to just reboot everything it, so they can bring in new readers. But can you do that in a movie universe, right? Is that a good strategy? I don't know.
1: Right. and Well, I think, I think we are at a point where, you know, people... You know, and this is a complaint, even you've had Mike. There's too much to watch, right? There's too much, mm-hmm. there's too much baggage, you know, and that's why the ultimate universe was created. It didn't have that baggage, like you could pick it up and just start. You didn't have 40 years of books, 50 years of books, uh, to, to, to read back on all these stories. You just like picked it up, and be like, okay, I don't have that many books to, to pick up on. So, is this, um, an opportunity to just do it? You know, this is the MCU 2.0. Uh, this is who we brought forward. We don't care if you watch the stuff where all of our stories are starting here and now, um, with characters you know, right? You know, obviously, maybe they they bring over Captain America, or Captain Marvel, or whoever. This is where we're starting. We're going forward um, with them. You know, buckle up. But you don't have to watch the old stuff to know how they got here. I mean, that
0: is a that is a really good point. If they did theoretically reboot the MCU. They don't have to lay all the groundwork anymore, but you could argue that laying the groundwork, laying the groundwork was what made them successful to begin with, right? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. They don't have to go back. They don't have to acquire legally the rights to all these characters that they couldn't start with. They can just start like day one, movie one. Hey, cameo of a She Hulk here, right? We yeah. could throw in, you know, Quicksilver over here. Oh, look, there's a Magneto. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if maybe money, honestly like everything, is going to dictate the answer, right? <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I think, you know, Anthony Mackey as Captain America, it's a cool story point to play, right? Because we do see that go on in the comics. It's yeah. always interesting to see a new character pick up the mantle, right? But I, I, I just doubt that, anthony mackey's captain captain america movies are just going to be as successful as the original captain america's uh just by the sake of it just not being the classic character so i just wonder if maybe executives are going to look at this and go like maybe we should just reboot all of this so we can make bring back kind of like og characters again i
1: I would well i would i would say you know you use a good example, but that's why they brought Harrison Ford in, right? As the, like this the second build character on Captain America, uh, but but I think there there's the point here. Kevin Feige doesn't want to do this forever, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. he's going to make enough money and he can retire or go work on another project of, of his own, right? Start a whole different universe. Maybe put him in charge of Star Wars. I don't know. Uh, so do does he does he end his run? With a reboot, and then set it up for somebody else to take the role, the, the, yeah. the helm, and said, "Hey, I've set some characters and actors in motion, but feel free to create what you want to create going forward, and re reinvigorate the universe or world yeah. yet again in a different way." And-
0: and I think that would be really important, right? Because you want to do that whole narrative. Not only do you want to conclude the narrative on screen, but also the narrative behind the scenes. Because that's one thing that the fan base has really gotten into is just, you know, how how does Hollywood work? You know, how do these stories come together? So, yeah, if there's this whole narrative, just like this entire chapter from this, this, uh, this mega producer Feige is coming to an end... You know, I, I I wonder if they would even bring, back, if they would try to replace him one-to-one. I think they'd probably do a gun saffron kind of move, you mm. know, because then at least, you know, if one, if some if things don't start to work out, you know, you can kind of let one go, bring in a new person, so you can never and, really truly place the blame onto one single individual, right?
1: And, and the end, you know, with Secret Wars being pushed back to 2027, 2028 would be the 21st year of them doing Marvel right so 20 years of mm-hmm. Marvel in 2027 you end your your 10 year with Marvel you you wrap up this narrative and you you, you refresh slash reboot in 2028 that's a great story for everybody that's a great yeah. marketing push can you imagine all the 20 years of Marvel stuff we did I remember the 10 years of Marvel stuff so you know 20 years of Marvel merchandise everywhere it's just it, this, it seems too good to not do it. Yeah, if,
0: I, 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 do have to say though, we we are often uh, begging, uh, you know, uh, that some mega, um, producer as a Feige yeah. would just scro- uh, stroll on into our show, tap on our shoulders, and be like, "All right, boys, it's your turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in charge now." I'm glad I'm I'm not in charge of this decision right mm-hmm. because can you just like imagine the first movie after the reboot just straight up just not being a good movie yeah. and then everybody turning on you uh, like on a dime this was a bad idea why would you axe out all of these characters that you worked so hard to build up over the year right i could just, i can totally see that happening as well so whoo i just yeah. i just hope secret wars is good right you know I just yeah. want to yeah. <laughs> both
1: both of, Kang dynasty yeah has a lot to, to ride on it and you know we they have an uphill battle in everyone's mind to get there, mm-hmm. and uh, if they can overcome these hurdles now and and prove that they're, they're focused on quality over quantity again, we're going to be in a great place. So, uh, I'm, we're, we're all for that at the end of the day. If you need feedback, though, producers, we're here, we'll help you. We'll be yes. honest with you whether you like it or not, we'll tell you how we feel.
0: So, I mean, we've been doing it, uh, I guess pro bono for eight years now. So. That's right. We,
1: we, we, uh, we, uh it's almost a fault how true how, how honest we are sometimes mm-hmm. so, so we'll let you know but anyway well that is the episode for this week mike it was a fun one we we got it done hopefully you're not cooking over there uh, we, we came in
0: we came in under 80 degrees we are we are in the high 70s in this room so that Perfect. i started in the 80s last week we were like at 84 last week so, so we're already doing much better
1: all right well let's get you out of here get you on your way if people want to know what you're up to what you're doing where can they find you at buddy
0: they can find me at Mike Royer design on Instagram X <laughs> threads. I Get don't rid know. Of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> Plug in that social handle pretty much anywhere. I'm probably there. And then you can find other helpful links to find out more about myself. Chris, people want to find you. Where can they find you? Oh
1: yeah. You can find me on Instagram vault 87 or video games of that same name vault in if you know more about the show, Come uh, talk to us next, I guess this month we're doing Blue Beetle. It's our next review episode. We do review episodes. Uh, come listen to that where can they find all that good information at man i just realized i have to go see
0: blue beetle i forgot i needed to watch it yeah it's um, like two weeks we're fine. <laughs> pretty good visit superhero slate.com that's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes so if you want to see the uh the lonely lonely canceled batgirl logo at the bottom of that standee we got the link over there in our show notes find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts like our own. Uh if you want to get merch, you can find that at superhero slate.com/store. We love hearing from you. What did you think of Mutant Mayhem? Because if you're listening to this podcast right now, if you didn't see it already, you better be going seeing it right now or you're not allowed to listen to the show anymore and I will revoke your Superhero Slate wow. Superfan status if you uh, don't go see this. Yeah. That's right. I am it- a Paramount shill.
1: And right you, now, and you have to have that to fly now. So yes,
0: uh, exactly. Yeah. It's like your real ID, like your yeah. passport. Uh, superhero yeah. slate, yeah. super fan. At least our pass is like holographic. If you haven't gotten it in the mail, mm-hmm. um, it's coming. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But if you nope. want to be a superhero slate super fan, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and go see Mutant Mayhem because I love it so much. I love my little turtles, my little tortoises, oh. or I'm gonna mollywop you. Um, wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, gitchy Gitchy Goo, as they say, Mike, in, in, in the movie. But uh, we will catch you guys next week. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.